All right, it's great to see you here this morning. Let's go ahead and turn in your Bibles to 1 Chronicles chapter number 11. 1 Chronicles chapter number 11 this morning. Today is Father's Day, and uh, today we set aside to recognize the dads, the men in our lives who we look up to, who we admire, and they may not be our dad necessarily, but they are fathers nonetheless, and it's people that we, uh, again, look up to and want to emulate and follow and, and again, look to in our lives as being important. So stop and think if we had a nation full of men, full of dads that were willing to stand for what the Bible says, could you imagine what would happen in our country? Could you imagine the revival that we would have because of the influence we have as men in the lives of those around us? Now, uh, again, there's a lot of people today that society and you see that say, uh, Men are not important. It's getting to be the point where a lot in our culture today is, is saying the men are not important. It doesn't matter. We don't need them and this, that, and the other. Well, let me tell you, that's a lie from Satan himself. Men, you are important. Men, you are influencing a lot of people. And you need to make sure that you are following the Lord to, to give the right type of influence in people's lives. So don't quit. Don't give up. Don't stop. Keep following God because people are watching you whether you realize it or not. And that's something, again, that we'll look at a little bit this morning. But uh, again, it's important that we uh, focus on what it is God would have us to do as believers. You know, there are some people that look at our nation and think that uh, God is done with it. There will never be a strong nation as we once were. We'll never be biblical as we once were. But I tell you what, I believe a God in a God that performs miracles. And if we don't believe that, we might as well just pack up and go home, to be honest. But we've got to believe that God will perform miracles and that he can and that he will. I've got kids and grandkids that I'm relying on to, to see God in my life. I want them to, to understand what it's like to, to live in a free nation where they can worship the one and true God. But if I quit now, who do they have to look forward to? Who do they look up to? So it's important that each and every one of us, husband, wives, mom, dads, grandma, grandpas, Teenagers, it doesn't matter. We all need to stick to what the Bible teaches and follow. Be that example that God wants us to be. And again, if we would uh, just get a hold of the truth that we find in Scripture, can we imagine what it would be like uh, living in our country to where we again would have the freedom to worship and that we would turn to God as uh, 2 Chronicles 7.14 tells us that if we would turn from our sins and follow Him, what a wonderful country we would have again if we would simply do that. You know, back on Mother's Day, we looked at uh, John the Baptist's mom. And again, how she was preparing a prophet to serve God. She was filled with the Holy Ghost. She was following God. And she was a faithful mother. And those are some great characteristics that we can look at that we need to emulate. But as we come to Father's Day, the message this morning is not just focused on men, although it is speaking to the men this morning. There are things that we can all learn. There's some things that we can all look at and follow and want to put in our lives as well as we look at the mighty men of David. So we're here in 1 Chronicles chapter number 11. We're going to begin reading verse number 10. 1 Chronicles, let me say that right. 1 Chronicles chapter number 11. Start reading there in verse number 10. It says, These also are the chief of the mighty men whom David had, who strengthened themselves with him in his kingdom, and with all Israel to make the king according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. And this is the number of the mighty men whom David had, Joshua the Hegmonite, the chief of the captains. 
he lifted up his spear against 300 slain by him at one time. And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo, the Ahohite, who was one of the three mighties. He was with David at Bastadam, and there the Philistines were gathered together to battle, where was a parcel of ground full of barley, and the people fled from before the Philistines. And they set themselves in the midst of that parcel and delivered it and slew the Philistines. And the Lord saved them by a great deliverance. Now three of the thirty captains went down to the rock to David under the cave of Adullam. And the host of the Philistines encamped in the valley of Rahum. And David was there in the hold. And the Philistine garrison was then at Bethlehem. And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem that is at the gate. And the three break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate. And it took it and brought it to David. But David would not drink of it, but poured it out unto the Lord and said, My God, forbid it me that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of these men that have put their lives in jeopardy? For with the jeopardy of their lives, they brought it. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did these three mightiest. Here we're in this account of these mighty men that David had. I want to point out just a couple of characteristics that they demonstrated in their lives that we need to fulfill as well. Let's have a word of prayer and then we'll get into the message this morning. Lord, we thank you again for all of the fathers that we have here this morning. The ones that have taken time to be here, that have lived a life, that are continuing to show uh, their example found through you. I pray that you would help each one of us, Lord, to, to be that example, to be what you would want us to be. Uh, I pray that you would help us, again, just to, to take hold of what we find here in the Word of God this morning, to apply it to our lives. Help us to live a life that is pleasing to you. Lord, I pray that you would, uh, again, just speak to hearts as only you can. Direct us and guide us. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm sure that uh, there's a variety of illustrations we could look at being Father's Day of all the different examples we could look at. We could look at people like Abraham and Moses and Joseph and David and so on and so forth. And, and again, we can go back and look at, at the Lord Jesus Christ, again, being the, the perfect example for us to follow. But this morning, I've chosen, again, through the inspiration of what God led me to look at, was these mighty men of David. There's not much said about them. We don't know a whole lot about them other than what we've read here in this portion of Scripture. But their example is something that we need to look at and something we can apply to where we are at as well. These mighty men demonstrated some things that uh, demonstrate great courage, if you would. They demonstrated faithfulness in who they followed and so on and so forth. But the first thing I want you to see regarding these men this morning is their devotion to the king. Their devotion to the king, as we looked there uh, again and read in verse number 10, can <clears throat> stop and think you cannot be a good follower if you're not devoted to the one who is leading. Now, we all want to be a good follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. We've looked at that verse a few times here recently. Uh, again, be you followers of me as I am also of Christ, as Paul told the church at Corinth, and other verses as well. But if we don't have somebody that is leading the way, how can we be a good follower? These were the types of men that were leading, or excuse me, following David as, as he was leading these men. But notice with me there in verse number 10, it says they strengthened themselves with him. They strengthened themselves with him. These men created a bond with David that was like no other. 
their interests, their desires, their direction, everything they had about themselves was the same as David. If David said, hey, my favorite color is blue, guess what these mighty men said? My favorite color is blue as well. If David said, hey, I love fried chicken, mashed potatoes, and gravy, guess what these men said? That's what I love as well. They were following David to the point of doing everything that David did. Parents, this is often the case when we have children in the home. They look up to you. They want to follow you. They want to be just like you, whether you like it or not. They want to follow you. They want to be like you. So we've got to make sure that we are leading in the right direction. We are doing the things that is pleasing to God because we've got ones coming behind us that are going to try to do the same thing we are doing. This should make us think about what we are doing, where we are going, what are we are saying, and what's going on in our lives because of those little copycats we've got. They're going to follow you. When they come to church, guess what? They may not follow mom and dad. They're going to find an adult and they're going to follow them. They're going to do what you do. So regardless whether you say, well, I don't have kids or I'm not old enough, it doesn't matter. They're still going to follow you. Teenagers, guess what? The little kids are going to follow you because you're the cool teenager, not the old fuddy-dud. So you've got to make sure you're following. You're doing exactly what God wants you to do. I want you to turn back with me to Titus chapter 2, if you would. Just very briefly here, Titus chapter 2, let's look at just a couple verses, verses 7 and 8. Titus chapter 2, verse 7 and 8. The Bible says, In all things show thyself a pattern of good works, a doctrine showing uncorruptness, gravity, sincerity, sound speech that cannot be condemned, that he that is of the contrary part may be ashamed, having no evil thing to say of you. This is what we need to be. This is the example of what we need to show the rest of the world. We need to make sure that we are showing that pattern uh, of good works, showing our doctrine, showing everything we believe to those that are following behind us. We are the example, whether we want to believe it or not, whether we like it or not. That's exactly what we need to understand. We're showing people by the way we live, by the way we speak, all the things that are going on in our lives, and there are others that are watching it. There's more than just the kids that are watching. Our neighbors are watching. Our coworkers are watching. Our other family members are watching. And they're looking at you on how you live your life. And they're basing everything what they believe about Christianity, believe it or not, on what they see in you. So again, we've got to make sure we're following exactly the way that God would have us to follow. For us to be mighty Christians, men and women of faith, we need to make sure we are strengthening ourselves in the way that the Lord says and not the way the world thinks. That means we've got to get back in the Word of God. We've got to understand what it means and how we are to live our life. The Bible tells us that we are to read, that we are to pray, and those are the things that we need to make sure we're doing so others can see. Now, I know most of you probably <clears throat> take time to read your Bible, and it may be before the kids wake up. It may be before you go to work. It may be at work, whatever the case. But let me tell you this, parents. The kids need to see you doing it. The kids need to see that you're performing those things of what you're talking about. Hey, kids, have you done your devotions? Hey, kids, have you prayed? Why? We don't ever see you do it. So we've got to make sure we're showing them by example of what it is in our lives. They need to see us make mistakes, but also go back and correct them and make things right. Our desire should be, should be just like the Apostle Paul, as I mentioned earlier, to be followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. But these men strengthened themselves, and as they did, they were able to solicit 
to all of Israel, as verse number 10 says, with all Israel, make him king. These men were saying, stand with me, Israel. Let's make David our king. Now, again, we understand what happened prior to this. Uh, Samuel had already anointed David. They knew he was going to be the king, but there are many times people will not follow somebody, even though they're the ones that's being placed in charge. These men were saying, hey, Israel, look, we are the mighty men. We've been around David. We know who he is and how he is. You need to come behind us, and we need to get behind David as our king. We need to follow him and do what he says. Yes, the Lord's anointed him. Yes, we know that's what he's got to do. But if, he's not gonna, uh, if we're not going to be behind him, he's not going to be leading anybody. So we must come behind him and follow him. Make him our king. We must have the same attitude as we try to reach those we live and work with. Faithfully stand for the sake of the gospel. Share with them the redemption plan that we find in Scripture. Paul told Timothy, um, God's desire for all men to be saved. You go back and look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3 and 4. It says, For this is the good and acceptable in sight of God and our Savior, who would have all men to be saved and come into the knowledge of truth. Our desire should be, hey, Oswatomy, we want everyone to be saved. Paola, Lane. Parker, wherever we're at, we should be, again, proclaiming that same message. Hey, God wants everyone to be saved. That should be our desire because that's God's desire. And if we're following Him, if we're going to try to be just like these mighty men that were emulating their leader, we need to be like God and say, Lord, we want everyone saved. And we're going to do our part to see that that happens. That's why we have tracks on the wall to hand out wherever you go. That's why we go out on Tuesday night. And put things up on people's doors and invite people to church and so on and so forth. Because we have that same desire, or at least we should. I want to see others get saved. For people to believe that and follow what you say, you must be completely sold out and surrendered to that idea. And these men have surrendered to not only do a David, but they surrendered to the Lord's will as well. Verse number 10 says, according to the word of the Lord concerning Israel. They didn't follow David just because they thought he was a cool guy or they liked him. They followed him because it was God's will. This should be our desire as well, to come to church, to read our Bible, to pray, to tell others about God. That should be our desire, to follow the one true and living God. I'm here this morning not because I was told I had to be. You know, there's a lot of times kids that will say, well, I'm here because I have to be. I'm here because I want to be here. I'm here because I love the Lord. I'm here because I want to surrender my life to whatever His calling is for me. You know, we used to sing the song, Take my life and let it be consecrated, Lord, to Thee. But how often do we sing that song and not mean it? There's a lot of people today that sing, I surrender all. There's some that say, I surrender some. But there are some that even sing, I surrender none. We've got to be people devoted to God, surrendered 100% to God. You know, as a father, I often wonder what I've done wrong to, to, to hinder my kids from growing and understanding and following the Lord 100%. Again, I, I've been an example to them. And oftentimes I think about how I have failed. But this is why it should teach us to continue to work harder. To continue to strive more, to, to understand where we've gone wrong, to correct that, but also to change our ways and be more devoted to following God, to surrender to Him. Parents, have we done everything we can to teach our kids how to love the Lord and have that personal relationship with Him? 
You know, it's one thing just to follow the person that's leading. It's another to have that devotion in your own life. That's why it's important that we are to teach our kids it's got to be their God, not just my God. God needs to be your God too. So it's important that we teach them. And as we continue to look at our text, we see secondly, the description of David's wish. The description of David's wish found in verse number 17. It says, And David longed and said, Oh, that one would give me drink of the water of the well of Bethlehem that is at the gate. I picture in my mind's eye, the warriors are sitting around the campfire maybe a little bit, reminiscing about their past life, the things that they've done, remembering the good old days maybe, or, or even thinking about their childhood. What they remembered, where they were, what they liked, what they didn't like. And David says, hey, man, I remember that, that well that's at Bethlehem, you know, by the gate. Man, I get a drink of water. That's the taste of home. That's what home feels like. You know, I often remember coming home many times from being away for, for months to, to my wife's home cooking. Just not this morning. Um, to, to come home to, to her cooking all of the favorites. That's just what she does. It's, it's what we enjoy. And even when we go back uh, down south and, and there's certain things that we, we look forward to, we look forward to the fresh seafood, the boiled peanuts, amen, and everything fried. Those are just the things that we look forward to going back down there. Uh, it's, it's like a taste of home, just like David had tasted of that water. I know we've never been there, but do you stop and think about the taste of heaven, what it will be like? You know, we, we look at Scripture, we read Scripture, and, and what it identifies and, and demonstrates and shows for us, John tells us that we have a mansion waiting for us. And I look forward to the day that I get to go into heaven and see what has been prepared for me. I stop and think about the walls of Jasper, the gates of Pearl, the streets of gold, the river of life. There's so many things that Scripture tells us that we can look forward to, but how often do we stop and think, wow, I can't wait to get there. We look forward to not dealing with the sorrow and the pain that we put up with on a daily basis, very possibly. <clears throat> but we also get to see our Lord and Savior face to face. What that would be like, and just to imagine seeing Him and worshiping Him for all of eternity. That's a real taste of home. That's what we should desire. That should be our focus as we go through this life. David was also probably tired of hiding as he reflected on Bethlehem. Again, at this point in David's life, we could go back and read the previous chapter and see how Saul was just been killed. And uh, now David has been running, trying to hide from him and hide from others for about eight to ten years, roughly. It depends on, on where you look at and study from the Word of God. But it's quite a while. It's not like David was just hiding from Saul just a couple months. It was years and years and years. And he was probably tired of hiding at this time. David's description of his wish was something that he thought maybe would simplify and ease his life. You know, if I could just have that drink, that'd make everything okay. I reflect back on my childhood, everything would be all right. But notice David never asked anyone to go and get it. He never said, hey, you guys, uh, won't you go fetch me some water? He didn't ask them to do that. But these mighty men had the desire to please their king. Number three this morning is just that. The desire to please their king. Look at verse number 18 again. And the three break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David 
But David would not drink of it, but poured it out to the Lord. These men had such a bond with their king that the only thing they could think of was to make him happy. Whatever makes David happy, whatever he wants, I'm going to do. Their number one goal in life was just that, is to, to, to please him. Their greatest attribute that they had was that they were willing. They were willing to do whatever it was. Again, there was no second guessing. There was no debate. It was once David had said something, it was like there was silence amongst the group. They just got up and went and did it. They didn't think about the hazards of the battle. They didn't think about being caught by the enemy. They were doing whatever it was to please their king. So let's ask this question. What are you willing to do to please your king? Are you willing to take a stand for the king? Today, we need people that's going to take a stand. We need people more and more believers today to take a stand for what the Bible says. Stand for truth. Stand with those who are willing to follow the Lord and what his word gives us. Stand and say, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. Stand and say that we will be faithful to what the Bible teaches. No one said it would be easy. And I'm sure these mighty men understood that it was not going to be easy to break through this garrison of the Philistines, this host, and to get that little bit of water. God has called each one of us who are saved to stand for him and to share his truth. We must be willing to... to be God's mouthpiece, if you would. We must be willing to share that message that he has given us. We have been called to go into all the world and preach the gospel. But are you willing to go where you're at? These mighty men, these men were willing to go, but they were also wise in how they did it. These mighty men of war, again, they knew what to do on the battlefield. They understood how to overcome their enemy. No doubt they took time to study them to see what they were doing and how they were to react and say, okay, what's the best way to, to get into Bethlehem? What is the best way to, to get to that specific well and draw out some water? They studied them. They looked at them. They saw what they were doing, how they would react in order to get there and get what they needed. And being a good soldier of Jesus Christ, we must study as well. The Bible tells us, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So we've got to get in the Word of God. We've got to study it to know what's right, to know what's wrong, in order to, again, be wise about what God has given us. To please our king, we must know what the king expects and wants from us. This is why we take time to study his word and follow what it says. These men were willing. These men were wise. And all they wanted to do was bring a little bit of water. As Christians, we are called to do the same thing to bring water to a dry and thirsty soul. We are to share with others the word of God, the living water as it's described. Jesus told the woman at the well, but whosoever drinketh of the water that I shall give them shall never thirst, but the water that I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting life. That is our king's desire, for us to share with others the living water, the washing of regeneration, the renewing of the Holy Ghost, for us to be the mighty believers in Christ, we must be dedicated to the Lord as these mighty men were. So number four this morning is dedicated to the Lord. Look at verses 18 and 19 again with me. It says, And there break through the host of the Philistines and drew water out of the well of Bethlehem that was, at, that was by the gate and took it and brought it to David. But David would not drink of it and poured it out unto the Lord and said, 
My God forbid it me that I should do this thing. Shall I drink the blood of these men that have put their lives in jeopardy? For with the jeopardy of their lives, they brought it. Therefore, he would not drink it. These things did these three mightiest. David did not feel that he could drink the water that these men had risked their lives to bring to him in front of everybody. He took the water and poured it out as an offering to the Lord. He sacrificed his own wish and gave it to God. How often do we sacrifice our wants for what Christ has for us, what he wants in our lives? We live in a culture today that can only seem to be focused on pleasing self. If we're to follow the example that had been given to us by the Lord, then we must learn to sacrifice our own wants. Paul put it this way in Galatians chapter 2, verse number 20, I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. The Lord Jesus sacrificed so much for us. What are we sacrificing for him? David sacrificed his wants, his desire to have that simple drink of water, all because he was sorry for what he had shared. Now, again, you look at verse number 19, and it says, My God forbid me that I should do this thing. Why did I share this? He was a man of, uh, of authority. He was in a position where he could say something, and people would do it. But he was sorry for what he had said, sorry for putting them in that position to go out to risk their lives just to give him a drink of water. We can easily get focused on what we want instead of what God wants for us. And we can easily overwhelm us with the things, our desires. And it could, again, just overwhelm our entire lives. We get so consumed wanting this one thing that it can cause us to lose ground in our spiritual walk. And we need to be careful of letting those desires overwhelm us. The last part of verse number 19 says, These things did these three mightiest. It is the service given by these mighty men. These men were saying, I'm devoted 100% to my king, and I'll do whatever will make him happy. This is a great example for us to follow as well. Will you dedicate your life to the king of kings? Do you have a desire to serve him with all of your heart, with all of your soul, your mind, your body, your spirit, everything you have? Are you dedicated to the Lord? If you can't say yes to these questions, then Maybe there's something that needs to be changed. Maybe there's something that needs to be fixed. Let's learn from these mighty men of David and their devotion to the king. So we bow our heads and close our eyes this morning. Ask yourself, what is keeping me from closely serving the Lord, the one that has sacrificed everything for me? What is holding me back from following the Lord in all of my heart? Has there been a time that you've asked Jesus Jesus, 